This is Bobby Okereke, inside linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts, and you are tuning into the Blue Stable Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Blue Stable Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Ticket IQ. With the Colts season only about a month away, now is the time to start looking at tickets for expensive games like the Chiefs game on September 25th, which will probably cost you a few hundred for good seats. You'll want to save as much as possible. Ticket IQ has no checkout fees. That's right, no checkout fees, meaning the price you see is the price you pay. This comes in handy throughout the season and especially in the postseason. Save 10 to 20% versus a StubHub using Ticket IQ. Go to TicketIQ.com now and start saving. Man, give me my microphone back, Destin. What do you think this is? We know we at the Blue Stable, we start the show off with myself, of course, and then we go to Rashad, and then we go to you or whichever one. But anyways, welcome, everybody, back to the Blue Stable podcast, the official Colts podcast of Fanside. Y'all already know how it goes. To help us grow, we are on the road to 1K subscribers. If you want to help us grow, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, hit that notification bell because... Again, if you have been living under a rock earlier today, Destin Adams, our very own Destin Adams, tweeted on Twitter that, you know, tweeting on Twitter, get it, haha. Anyways, shout out Marcus for that. But uh, anyways, we are going to be at, well, when we, when I say we, the Blue Stable, our very own Destin Adams and our photographer, Luke Verkamp, who we have shouted out many times on this channel and on, on our spaces, they're going to be covering the Colts at training camp. Make sure you check them out. We're going to have exclusive content, interviews, all that good stuff. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. That way you are up to date with everything that we got coming to you over here at this damn stable that is blue. Okay. So anyways, guys, let me get the guys back in here real quick. Okay. So Destin, Rashad, how you guys been? Been good, man. I mean, it was exciting to get the official announcement um, that we were able to get the thumbs up to announce that we're going to be at training camp for some select dates, this um, training camp session. Um, so super excited to be out there, super excited to rep the blue stable. Um, I don't know if I'm ever going to call it the stable that is blue though, Mike. So let's just never do that again. Let's just scratch that from your vocabulary. Hey, 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 if I got co-ownership, then I got co-decision making. Okay. So anyways, <laughs> Rashad, man, talk, talk to us. Uh, I know you, you, we, we call you money bags around here, man. What, what else did you buy this past weekend? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't buy anything, man. I'm just excited to be here. Uh, honored to have Jeff on. Maryland has some of my favorite players from the past. So I'm excited to pick his brain about Nick Cross and, and, and put this this new series that we're doing, you know, close it out really strong. I think Jeff's the perfect guy for it. And I can't wait to get to this conversation, man. All right, money bags. We hear you. We hear you. And as Rashad said already, stealing a little bit of the thunder coming from Maryland, obviously. Jeff Ehrman, 
Welcoming to the Blue Stable. Obviously, you can catch him. He is the publisher of Inside MD Sports over at 24-7. You can also catch him over there as well. Great quality content all across the board. Okay, so Jeff, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I love the energy. I love the energy you guys got going. I'm glad to be on with you. Absolutely. I appreciate that, obviously. And we love the energy Maryland sent to Indianapolis with one Nick Cross. So Real quick, obviously, you guys know that we were going to talk about it. We put it out on Twitter. This show is going to be all about Cross. So, Jeff, let me open up the floor to you, buddy. The mic is yours. The floor is yours. Introduce yourself, and let, let's talk a little bit about Nick Cross. Uh, in terms of myself, I, I published a site called Inside Maryland Sports, InsideMDSports.com. We've been doing this for uh, about 17 years now, covering Maryland, Maryland recruiting on a daily basis. Uh, you know, Nick Cross is one of the more heralded recruits Maryland football's had in the past several years. He was a high four-star recruit from DeMatha Catholic in Maryland, which is a national powerhouse. Uh, Maryland managed to kind of sneak ahead of Penn State and Florida State at the finish line uh, to steal him away from those schools. It seemed for a while like he'd go to one of those two. Uh, Mike Loxley pulled off some of his magic and pulled him in. And, you know, he had a really strong three years at Maryland. Uh, decided to leave after his junior year for the NFL, as obviously many guys of his his talent do. And, you know, I think the Colts got themselves a really good, promising player. I don't know if he'll – obviously, he's not going to be a star right away. But uh, when you look at the measurables, I mean, he's, you know, he's a thick-built kid, but also was the fastest. According to the coaches, when I asked them last year, he was the fastest player on the team. So to be a big kind of burly safety and be the fastest guy on the team tells you something. He was also a track star, uh, which makes sense. And so, you know, a great, great kid off the, off the field, you know, never any sort of issues. I think he was a great student as well. Uh, just kind of a business-like approach to things. Someone you don't have to worry about, you know, the work ethic issues or character or things like that. So, you know, all that kind of uh, tells you why the Colts traded, you know, traded up and used that pick to get him. I so, say, yeah, the Colts didn't just trade up even. They've kind of made a unprecedented future draft pick trade up. They, did, they didn't really have a fourth um, after a trade that they had made already. Um, so when they ended up doing the trade up, they sent a fifth in this year and a future third to come up and get Nick Cross this year. Um, and they kind of talked about it a little bit why they made that decision, um, just saying that they didn't feel like there'd be a player even in next year's third round that they liked as much as Nick Cross. Um, and so I guess one of the questions, I guess, just starting out is, Everyone's talked about the athletic build, the speed you even mentioned. Um, but, like, what other aspects of his game, whether it's fundamental, whether it's instinct, instincts, um, that you think will help him translate to the next level, like, right away? Well, I mean, the, the obvious thing that stands out besides the speed is hitting ability. The guy is a wrecking ball, absolute wrecking ball. One of the best tacklers, hardest hitters, I should say, uh, that I've seen in Maryland since I've been covering them. I mean, if you go back and look at his film, he had a few hits where he absolutely destroyed. Uh, he, Sean Clifford is one if you want to go back and look at the Penn State game. Uh, so he, he is a big-time hitter. You know, some guys, you come up and they might be kind of fast and they might have good fundamentals, but you don't know, you know, tackling's a whole different thing on the NFL level. He's a guy who, who's going to be an NFL tackler right away and can make plays in, the, in that way. You know, some guys just – 
uh, one of those guys who are just a blur, you know, they come off the corner of the screen and bam, you know, it's a fumble, that kind of thing. So he's got that kind of dynamic hitting ability. Um, speaking of speaking of Nick Cross and his speed, was there a specific moment that that you knew that this guy was going to be a really good player, or was it just kind of a, a cumulative body of work that you just knew over time that that this guy was going to be a good one? I know he got a chance to play early uh, yeah. due to injury, and th was there a moment in doing his freshman year where you noticed this guy was going to be pretty good for you guys? I don't know if there's one specific moment. He definitely had a few games where he made some big hits early on. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, physically as a freshman, he was no different than the veterans. You know, he's one of those physical freaks, obviously. Uh, so it wasn't really necessarily one moment, but I think, you know, he, he he made his share of plays on the ball. I think the biggest thing to me is in terms of improvement is in coverage. You know, there were times where he had some coverage lapses as a safety. That's something he needs to work on and you need to decide if he's going to be more of a strong safety or, you know, covers well enough to be that uh, free safety, which I think eventually he will be. But to me, that's the one area uh, that shows for improvement. Otherwise, you know, he's a guy who could be really good. And obviously, you know, you got you guys have a Terps alum there as your head coach and Frank Reich. So that probably didn't hurt. I'm sure he saw a little bit extra of him as opposed to other coaches, but uh, no, not really a moment. You could just see it. Some guys are four-star recruits for a reason, and you could just see it right away, and he's one of those guys. One of the things that popped off to me about Nick Cross, especially as I started to study him a lot more after the pick was made, obviously after draft day, was that his angles as a safety prospect were some of the best in this class, if not the best in this class. The fact that he lasted till the third round is surprising to me because obviously when you have mock drafts and everything, you always think this person, this player will not be there at the time, especially if it might be a luxury pick in hell. At the time, it was a luxury pick. You had Rodney McLeod. You already had Julian Blackman on board. You had Kari Willis, who did just uh, retire recently. So that opens up a lot of playing time for Nick Cross but my thing, going back to the angles, what you see with young defensive backs in the NFL is they always tend to over-pursue. They always tend to get in their heads a little bit, you know, second guess, maybe doing a little too much, so to say. When it comes to his technique, I know angles, you know, not over-pursuing and all that is a big part of it. Was that something from day one, he was just better than everybody, or did he learn that over time? Uh, no, he got better over time for sure. There's a little bit of rawness at first. I mean, I think that a lot of that comes down as a combination of uh, explosiveness, which he clearly had. I mean, his combine measurables were stellar. And then brains. He's, he's a smart, uh, intellectual kind of kid. So uh, that's that's not really an issue with him. I think, you know, at times you might wonder if his hips we're a little tight maybe in coverage, uh, but he's not going to be a cornerback, obviously. So you're not expecting, you know, that kind of thing from him. But uh, no, he got better as he went on and he had good coaches throughout. He had good coaches in high school. He worked under uh, Josh Wilson in high school, who had a long, successful NFL career, who also went to DeMatha, as did, I believe, Rodney McLeod, who you just mentioned, also went to DeMatha. So you guys have a little a thing going there. But um, but no, he, you know, he, he did improve. And I think he He's one of those guys who, if he had come back as a senior, maybe he's a first round pick, but, you know, seeing where he got picked, you can never fault a guy for leaving after, after the junior year. I mean, 
Mike mentioned that luxury pick aspect of it. And at the time when they decided to send uh, the future third, I think the entire fan base went full on. Oh my gosh, they're taking a quarterback here. Um, that was just the entire mindset after a trade like that happened, just because you don't see Ballard, especially on draft day, get rid of future draft picks. Um, he tries to stockpile up, especially those day two picks. Um, so when he, when they decided to do that, it, it definitely put a fire under my, under my butt a little bit that, oh man, they really, they really like this kid. Um, and I mean, obviously Kari Willis ends up retiring um, about a month later. I, I have this feeling that the Colts knew a little bit about that. Um, Kari Willis was away uh, during the mini camp aspect of it. And they kept saying for personal reasons, um, I think there was, a little bit of knowledge that was on his mind a little bit when the pick happened. So maybe that is what kind of what sparked the need to trade the future pick for a guy they like in Nick cross. The cool part also with the Colts and what I was kind of wanting to get your take on a little bit, Gus Bradley, more than many defensive coordinators likes to run three safety sets. Um, so you mentioned the strong safety, you mentioned the free safety earlier, but the, the cool option is there's going to be that third roaming type safety. Um, a lot of people have kind of mentioned similar to what Jamal Adams um, runs in the NFL. So if you had to pick any of those three realms of safety where you think Nick Cross would be the most successful at, which, which of those roles would it be? Yeah, to me, it would clearly be that kind of rover roaming position when you have a guy who's fast, but not necessarily, you know, coverage isn't his number one strength, but also hits like a truck like he does. Kind of like Maryland had another player named Antoine Brooks who came out a year or two before him with the Steelers now similar thing uh, not as fast as Nick Cross but you know if you can put him in that hybrid kind of linebacker slash safety role where you're able to take him out of as much coverage but let him just be a heat-seeking missile I think that would be uh, an absolutely great fit for him yeah Nick Cross um, I, I heard he, had, he he didn't start actually playing football until high school so he's kind of like a late bloomer kind of learning things as he go pretty much I wanted to take a second to ask you about uh, how was he off the field? Was, was he ever an issue? Did he ever have any problems? Uh, was, how was he in the locker room? Um, can you speak to his character a little bit? I think he's a, he's a high character kid, had great grades. Uh, like, yeah, you, you're correct. He did not play till high school. Uh, his parents, I believe, immigrated from uh, Trinidad and Tobago on his mom's side and his dad from Jamaica. And so football wasn't really a thing for him. He wanted to play. And they finally let him play when he got to high school. So he didn't, you know, as good of a player as he is, high draft pick, all this speed, everything else, he wasn't even a varsity starter, I think, until the very end of his sophomore or beginning of his junior year because he was just learning how to play. So that tells you, I think, that, uh, you know, the upside is there. Whenever you have a guy like him that athletic who hasn't played that long, that means that they've probably got more room to grow as opposed to a guy who might have uh, tapped out his potential. But in terms of character and things like that, I don't think, you know, I don't think there's any issues. None, none that I've heard. Crotch discomfort hurting your game. Fear no more. The kings of crotch comfort. Manscaped have spent two years designing the most comfortable boxers briefs out there. Sleek, soft, comfortable, and flexible. The brand new boxers 2.0 from Manscaped. Take your package to the Royal Ball 
throne. The global leaders in below the waist grooming have the lawnmower 4.0 for the trimming, so you can wear the boxers 2.0 for the chilling. They even trademarked the jewel pouch, so you know it's serious. I think it's time you invest in your family jewels so you let your package breathe and get 20% off plus free shipping by using our code BSTABLE20 at manscaped.com, sponsored by manscaped.com. Jeff Ehrman, publisher of MD Sports, joining the Blue Stable podcast, everybody. I do want to talk about, you know, if there was ever a moment, you know, maybe this might be a question for Nick Cross himself, but asking you who have been around him, obviously a lot more than everybody that's probably watching this show. What was, what was one moment that you think that really hit Nick Cross between the eyes as a football player and really helped him take it up a notch to be a better player that that he was that he became in his junior year well there was a spell it was only a game or two I think I believe it was during his sophomore year maybe early on where he wasn't either wasn't playing that well or they didn't like how he was practicing and so he missed a start or two they had uh they started another guy in his place one game or two and then you saw him kind of the light turn on a little bit and maybe you know that would wake anybody up obviously especially when you're a guy, four-star recruit, you're expecting to just have smooth sailing. So I would say, you know, when that happened, I, I believe it was early in his sophomore year, he reclaimed the job and, uh, you know, kind of took it up a little bit from there. So there's another uh, Maryland rookie in the division, a tight end in Tennessee, um, that you may even be able to find a clip where I was hyping him up a little bit before the draft, but uh, no, no longer, of course, because he, he's in Tennessee. Um, but I, I didn't know if you had any knowledge on if Nick Cross and, and um, I don't want to botch the pronunciation here, but is it Okonkwo? Okonkwo. Okonkwo. Okonkwo, yeah. Hey, it was closer than I thought it'd be. I'm not gonna lie. Add a couple extra syllables. Yeah, that's what I, that's my thing. I, I like to add instead of subtract. <laughs> um, but any thoughts on like if there was a relationship between those two um, prior um, to this draft, where they're going to be playing each other for quite some time after being teammates? Yeah, I mean they were in the same class, I believe. Uh, I can't remember if Chig came in one year earlier, but they're they're effectively the same age and came up together. Uh, Cross was a much more heralded recruit. Conquo had some good offers coming out of high school, but he wasn't, you know, the all-American guy that Cross was. And, uh, you know, you, you're, he's a really good player. I can see why you hyped him up. I, I've read about how they love him in Tennessee. He's a dynamic kind of guy, uh, tight end. Not, not like all these 6'6 dudes we see running around on every team catching passes. He's only probably 6'2". Um, so he's more of a H back kind of guy, but a really dynamic guy with the ball in his hands. And, uh, you know, in terms of, I'm, I'm sure they're close, you know, having come up together, but, uh, those are the kind of guys Maryland seems to put out, even though they, you know, they've struggled in recent years to win a ton of games just year after year. When you look at the guys they put out, you know, these two guys, and then obviously I saw a list of the top 100 players in the NFL the other day, had three Maryland players, Stefan Diggs, JC Jackson, and uh, DJ Moore. So they, they continue to put out those kind of athletes. It's, Dustin keeps on segueing perfectly into the type of questions I have. You know, uh, I don't know if we have a mental connection going on. I appreciate it, though. Because last um, time we had a beat writer on, you know, while I watch some of these players, when I go back after they're drafted, 
I, I tend to watch a game or two. Like I watched the Maryland versus Michigan State game. You know, it was a, a big time game. And I couldn't help but notice Rakeem Jarrett. I need you to tell me a little bit about this guy. The coach is in the market for a wide receiver. So next year, he may be on our radar. I, I'm, I'm going to bug everybody that comes on here about a wide receiver because I want a wide receiver so bad. So yeah. tell me a little bit about Rakeem. Uh, he's a really talented kid. You know, he's a five-star recruit. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Maryland's not racking up a lot of five-stars. They stole him from LSU. He was committed to LSU for quite a while, and they snagged him away at the last minute, one of the top receivers in the country. Uh, probably not quite at that digs, DJ Moore level. Very few guys are. I mean, you're talking top 100 in the NFL, but a really good player. Been really good his first two years. Uh, you know, he, he can make the deep catch. He can, he's very strong and physical and stout. So he can take, you know, make the third down kind of catch. So he can do a little bit of everything. He's got good hands, very physical, good speed, not, you know, the, not the absolute like top line blazing speed, but, yeah. but, but good speed. Uh, so I think, you know, he's potentially, you know, he should be a top three round pick. I would guess, depending on how he, he does this year, he's produced, each of his first two years, I think he had about 800 yards last year, which is good when you consider that, you know, they have another receiver named Dante Demas, who was slated to potentially be a first rounder, had a very serious injury. So once he went down early in the season, defenses were keying in on Jarrett the whole way. So that 800 yards is a little more impressive because of that. But yeah, he's definitely, I, I don't blame you for keeping an eye on him because he should be, you know, I would think a top uh, 10 receiver maybe in next year's draft at worst. Yeah, and when Big Ten defenses are focusing in on a guy, that's going to be tough to overcome. Mike wouldn't know any of that in the Big 12, but it, it, it's a tough thing to overcome over here in what the is Big defense Ten. In the Destin, Big what the hell has Indiana done in football? What, man, uh -oh. Rashad, you and I are the only people that know about winning this last decade in football, so I'm not even going to go there. Uh, but pretty good a couple years ago. They did have that – we, we, hey, we yeah, had, first we had time that they little, reached eight wins we, in like 20 years, right? We had that little glimpse of hope. Last season, I'm just going to call a nothing. Um, didn't exist, wasn't real. Right. Um, but, but in general, just had, just had to poke it there at, big, at the Big 12. Yeah, but, the coach, she gave Tom Allen that he got that massive contract and then fell on his face last year. So the pressure's got to be on. Hey, Tom hey. Allen, Tom Allen deserves a lot better than, than Bloomington. I'll just say that he, he needs to be somewhere where <laughs> winning is wanted. Mike, so I'll, Mike I'll just put that out there. Mike but I do agree with you. We're in the Indiana market. I swear. He I, I, I agree Indiana with market. you. I agree with you. Big 12 defenses Mike, need to Mike get up Maryland, there, but it's a, it's a basketball school like Maryland, right? They're very similar in that way. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. So yeah, the last Big Ten team that won a national championship was like when I was like one years old. But anyway, we don't have to go there, you know. Uh, Rashad, your team has won more championships, obviously. But anyway, guys, we, we're here to talk about the Colts, of course. Uh, but I, I want to segue into a little bit of what Nick Cross can possibly do with the Colts now, because obviously, like we mentioned earlier in the show, Kari Willis retired. He was the starting safety. There are some that speculated he could lose his job to, to, to the rookie. I wasn't there Destin was one of them that supported it he could see it uh but that was a hot topic now it's looking like it's going to be between Nick Cross and Rodney McLeod vet coach Ron Miles who has been everywhere done everything in this league I don't think he would opt for the rookie over the vet who's won a championship been on a great defense but going forward in his first year if there's one thing that you think is going to 
help him. That's going to help him maybe even start, maybe even, dare I say, win defensive rookie of the year because obviously there's going to be a lot of snaps that that would help him win that award. What do you think one trait that he has is going to help him day one? I think the speed, you know, this, the speed and athleticism. Again, when you have a guy who's, you know, I don't even know, remember what he's listed at. It's two, probably 215, 220, whatever it is, um, and runs a 4-3, a legit 4-3-3. You know, when you put a guy, that, that makes up for a lot of mistakes when you run that fast. You know, that's not something you can, uh, that you can study up to, just like in basketball. You, you know, you can't teach height, same kind of thing. So, I think that will help him a lot. I think you'll see him make some plays. If he's getting on the field, he's going to make some plays. There's also going to be probably some times where there's some lapses. Uh, but if, if, if they end up running the three safety set that you mentioned and can get him into that rover position, I think that that would probably be a perfect way for him to thrive right away. Yeah, for a safety to win defensive rookie of the year, basically any of those accolades, um, there are just certain stats that, they, like the sack number, if he's playing in that rover role, could get him in the conversation. Um, turnovers are always going to matter for DBs when it comes time. I mean, we 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 saw a corner in uh, Dallas who may or may not be a top level corner um, have a very good interception. Season, he's not. But he's not. I mean, but but he's he was up there in the accolades because he let he was doing so well in that category. Like that's just the NFL. Like you you're gonna have to lead in those type of categories for a rookie for him to be in that picture. But I also don't think he has to be in the defensive rookie of the year conversation for that pick to work or the year to be a success for cross i just think a lot of what he can do um especially with the hits especially with the speed and playing multiple roles i think there are multiple ways he could impact the game that aren't stat sheet um stuffers in a, in a way um but jeff another thing we've been doing with the guys that have come on is we've been kind of asking them to call their shot on a stat for for the rookie and i know safety is going to be a little harder so i'm not going to limit you by giving you a specific stat to predict but if you had to pick a, a stat whether it's tackles forced fumbles interceptions and you could be as hot takey as you want just mm -hmm. if you had to call your shot on any stat for nick cross in his rookie year what would it be Give us eight sacks, Jeff. Come on. Got to be forced fumbles uh, because he's, like I said, he's one of those heat-seeking missile guys who just pops off, comes out of nowhere, bam, and the ball's on the ground. You know, obviously that depends on how much he's playing, right? I can't say he's going to get do this or that if he ends up, you know, just playing special teams. If he gets significant snaps, I'll say he'll, I'll say he'll force three fumbles next season, at least three forced fumbles next season if he, if he plays – you know, semi full time snaps. That that's my hot take. So you add right Cross, so you add Nick Cross's three force fumbles to whatever Darius Leonard has on the year, which will be league leading. And the cult those two players to combine may lead NFL teams in force fumbles. Yeah, it's quite possible. It's just a matter of getting him onto the field, you know, and getting him acclimated. That's the thing. You just never know. You never know with a rookie, even the first round guys, you, you don't know what you're getting. So uh, but that that was his thing in Maryland. You know, if you go back and look at the clips, he, he was a heat seeking missile. Like I keep saying, he'd knock the ball loose. So, you know, and he had he had his share of picks. He's not a ball hawk. He's not a guy like he's not like Trayvon Diggs. Who you mentioned he's not going to get a ton of interceptions. But uh, yeah, forced fumbles would be would be my guess. 
I will say for you just to know, like the Colts are not afraid to play young guys. Um, they, they've actually been known where if a young guy's out playing a guy in camp, like they'll put him on the field. They don't care. Um, I think the part where it'll help Nick Cross a lot is they love guys who are even able or willing to play special teams early. Um, so if, if for whatever reason they don't feel like he should be starting in a safety role right away, he'll definitely get special team snaps. I can't imagine a guy of that athleticism and that built not being out there. Um, but again, with the three safety sets, I just can't imagine he's not on the field. I think that Rover position is just made for a guy like cross. Um, because I mean, you mentioned the, the coverage aspect of it, but he's, he's able to cover up so much ground that even if you're going to have a couple lapses in coverage, like you could almost make up for a lot of it at times, especially when you're young, um, because there's going to be those little lapses in coverage either way, no matter if you come in as just a top tier coverage guy as a DB. So I'm really excited to see what Cross's role is. Um, And if he, if he gets at least three forced fumbles, we'll make sure to clip this for you. So you can look like a genius. Didn't I uh, tweet it at me so I could retweet it. (laughs) Real, real quick for everybody watching. I got to put a disclaimer in here. We're not saying Nick Cross is going to pop off his rookie year because Jeff I'm not sure if you're involved with Colts media but the second this dude's allowed this dude allows a touchdown he's a mistake on draft day he it's the wrong trade he can't play football Chris Ballard sucks at drafting the the minute something goes wrong even if it's game one even if it's against the Texans and he over jumps a route and it allows a first down or something oh who is this guy y'all talked him up like I'm trying to like, cause, cause I know where people are heading. We're talking like this guy is going to be there. He's going to put on Jamal Adams numbers. He's going to be there like Tyron Matthew. I just had to put that in there because I'm not looking forward to the day. He allows a first down or touchdown. And now everybody says Nick Cross sucks. Are you trying, wow. to, say that, you're trying to say that NFL fans are rational? Basically, the, the most irrational football fan is saying that to you, Jeff, by the way. But on one thing I want to say about Nick uh, before before we wrap it up, um, Gus Bradley last year it, with the Raiders, the way he used Jonathan Abram around the, the line of scrimmage, they're about the same same height. Uh, Nick Cross is actually a little bigger and, and a little bit faster. I think that's the role you can see Nick Nick feel early on. And, and as he gets more comfortable in that role. Then you saw see him do some things on the back end, playing playing a post in the deep half. But I think they really want to just get his feet wet around the line of scrimmage, keep it real simple for him, and allow him to play fast. And that's what's going to give him an advantage in his rookie year. I think Gus will make it a, a lot easier for him than if he was asked to come in and be a single high deep safety where he he'll be exposed to a lot of different things early, and people will pick on him and take advantage of. of just not having the mental side of it yet. You know, when, when, when a player just comes in, you want to keep it simple, allow him to play fast and use his strengths to, to his, to his benefit. That's what I, that's what I might take on it. Hopefully it's what the coach do with him. So of course, Nick Cross is going to be Bob Sanders 2.0 day one. Um, anything else, anything else is a failure as a franchise, ship it up, sell us back to Baltimore. Um, <laughs> if otherwise, but um, any final thoughts, Jeff, that you really want Colts fans to leave with about who Nick Cross is, maybe a funny story that you remember from Cross's time at Maryland, anything that you want to leave Colts fans with, they may have not heard, um, from just the normal social media encounters. 
I don't really have a funny story, to be honest. I think the things about him are just, you know, as I mentioned, he's a real high upside guy. It's not that often that you get the size, the speed, the physicality, and also uh, the intelligence and work, work ethic all together. And that's why they traded up for him, obviously. So, you know, I think I don't have a funny story because I don't think he's one of he's one of those goofball kind of guys. He's more of just mm-hmm. uh, about my business, you know, go to college. I'm focused on getting the NFL kind of dude. So I think they got a really good player. I don't know if he'll be a star right away, despite my guarantee of three forced fumbles next year. But I think long term, he's going to be a really good player. Well, I do got one more for you, Jeff, because I heard Destin say Bob Sanders and it made me think. Before I got to put you on the spot here, if there's one player that you got to compare him to that you you would expect, you know, you think he has this type of career, who would you compare him to? Hmm. That's a really good one. I mean, I think physically he reminds me a little bit of LaRon Landry, who played for the Redskins a few years back and was a very high draft pick out of LSU. Former Colt, Jeff. Former, former Colt. Colt as well. Yeah, yes. Super athletic. Didn't quite live up to the hype, but but physically similar. And he was good early in his career. And then I think he must have decided to become a professional bodybuilder or something because I've never seen anybody as jacked as he was uh, on the field. But and you know, still get thrown around. Similarity there, and, and you know he could be a poor man's Bob Sanders. There could be some similarities there too. Not you're not going to say he's going to be that level of player, but just you know, stylistically, you know, you might be able to make a comparison. I like it. Don't go too high. Don't go too low. Don't put too high expectations on them. I like it. I like it. Well, as long as as he doesn't uh, use a similar uh, substances that old Ron Landry used, (laughs) I'll I'll be good. Yeah, no, I don't think he's that kind of guy. Uh, Landry was, yeah, that was an interesting case, but pre- that I think there might be some similarities. So I think, I think, I think Nick Cross will be fine. I just remember Laurent Landry's stint in Indianapolis and he was a guy that you could just, you could just look at and you're like, Oh, on steroids, thousand percent bet the house on it. And then I think it was like four or five weeks in where he got the suspension in Indy. Um, But I'd be down for the physicality of Laurent Landry. Just, just minus the abundance of pecs uh, <laughs> and arms that we had to see for, from some substances. Don't be jealous, Destin. Come on now. This isn't a jealous, you know, let it out. That's hey, not hey, what this I could, is. I could take steroids tomorrow. I'm not a professional athlete. Yeah, technically. Rashad, yeah. could you? They do they drug, they drug test Man. down there? Rashad, Rashad's so skinny. He so I would not say. <laughs> Rashad, R- Rashad is so skinny. The moment he took steroids, man, it he he he's got to fit all those suits he just bought. They're gonna hand me the cup. Just take yeah. the cup, kid. Come on. <laughs> right. Come on, come on. I remember when I met up with you in uh, well, not trying to disclose the location, but when I met up with you and I was able to hug you, it was like hugging a tick, a stick, like <laughs> like dang, I just swallowed this man. <laughs> Thanks for telling the world that we hugged, Michael. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Hey, Thanks, well, man. you opened your arms first, all right? So <laughs> I just got. I think. I think I did. I think I. I don't know, man. But in any way, time ago, guys, Mike. It has been fun having Jeff Ehrman, publisher of MD Sports. 
Go find him on 24-7. You will see all of that. If you are a Terps fan, anything, you will find that in the description below. Jeff, any any other closing remarks, man, for Colts fans, what they could expect from Nick Cross or maybe uh, a pleasure you had covering him? No, I think we pretty much covered it all. I'll just say I'll be up there to watch my commanders beat you guys down this year. That's all I got to say. That's personal. That's personal. Uh, you got to remember that. There's some, there are some stipulations in the in the commanders indie bloodline now here. We can't we, we can't we can't go too deep here. Well, this is a real question. Who's going to be the quarterback of Washington? Carson Wentz. I'll go take the yeah, you know, now Michael. Michael is a weird Taylor Heineke fan. Jeff, um, oh, wait, Heineke. Heineke seems like a good dude. Heineke's that, 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 fun to watch. He's just uh, he's either making a great play or making an awful play. There's, there's oh, so you're gonna love Carson. So Wentz. You're gonna love Carson Wentz. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say Carson Wentz has had his ups and downs in recent years, but his level of accomplishment is quite a bit beyond. Uh, anything that Heineke has ever approached, so you you at least hope. Oh, that I I agree. Floor having, is a lot higher than uh, Heineke's floor. Having Heineke for the past couple of seasons, well, well it will. It, I think it'll help your fan base embrace Carson Wentz. I think I think the big thing for the Colts fans that is always going to be there is they've watched Peyton Manning, they watched Andrew Luck, and we went to Philip Rivers. I mean, we don't we don't have to talk about the Jacoby Brissett year before Philip Rivers. So then, when Carson Wentz is compared to those level of guys, I think that added to the distaste in the mouth. But I promise you, Carson Wentz after Taylor Heineke, like you got you guys are going to feel like he won the Super Bowl just right just right there. Everything's relative. Yeah, well, I, I, what I can say about him is he definitely will will elevate the ceiling of that team. And, and I, I felt like that last year with the Colts. You know, I, w- I wasn't against getting Carson. And, and I wasn't even on the train of we just got to get rid of Carson by all means. I never felt like that. I know a lot of people in the fan base do, and I don't argue with people about that. But one thing I can say physically, what he can do at times, he definitely is going to elevate the ceiling of that team. So, you know, and we're pushing – we should be pushing for him to play because we need to upgrade that pick from a third round to a second rounder. So we need him to get as many starts as possible. So so I'm cheering for him, man. Yeah, he can elevate the ceiling of his offense or the ceiling of the opposing defense. So he'll, he'll do one of the two. Jeff, if you are open to it, man, we would like to have this conversation again when we, when we battle the Washington Commanders. If you would like to have that conversation again – the door is always open, my man. We can talk all the Carson Wentz we want on Hit that me up show. After that game. Hit me up. There you go. Already. Here we go. Jeff Ehrman will be back, ladies and gentlemen. But other than that, let's get him on with his day as well. So, Jeff, again, thank you for your time. It has been a pleasure. Uh, best of luck with you over there at 24-7. I know uh, quite a few people over there. Y'all do great work. It's a great uh franchise great organization and i just wish you all 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 the best of luck man thank you guys for having me it's been a lot of fun awesome guys this has been the blue stable podcast make sure you follow like subscribe and we will see you guys later